Wake up call. I believe this is episode number seven. My name's Andrew. I'm coming. I'm coming to you today from a sunny Southern California. Finally, finally stopped raining. Before we jump into today's topic, I just wanted to um, let you guys know of some um, the weekly bulletin. What happened this week? Some um, headlines that happened. So here's what happened. Russia sent uh, sent Syria its largest missile delivery to date. Uh, U.S. Army grants easement for Dakota Access Pipeline. The immigration ban, I'll put that in quotes, is President Trump's most popular popular executive order yet. It is very popular among people. A lot of people agree with it. But you wouldn't you wouldn't see that, you wouldn't uh, think that, you wouldn't assume that based off the media. If you were to watch CNN, MSNBC, you would think it's the most unpopular ban in the world, yet the average American, the one they're not showing actually agrees with it quite a bit. And yes, I'm a little sick, so just excuse that. Uh, Senator Jeff Sessions is confirmed as Attorney General by a 52 to 47 Senate vote, and one Democrat voted for him. The cast of the show's House of Cards, Veep, never heard of Veep, and Scandal, all plan to boycott annual White House Correspondents' Dinner because of President Trump. What a surprise. Um... Iran and the sa- and the sanctions. That's something else. That's totally something else. Um, that's something they've been they've been sending out. After the uh, America sanctioned them, they sent out another missile, just to uh, show. I guess they don't care. Trump calls courts so political in quotes because of the scrutiny his travel ban faces, and that's uh, something we're going to be getting into today. That's going to be today's topic. We're going to be talking about. Um, the decision of the appellate court, how they upheld the federal judge, Robart, they upheld his uh, temporary restraining order, his TRO, and um, I'm, we're going to get into it, why they were incorrect in that, what the law has to say with it. If you were to ask any lawyer, if you were to ask, um, well, besides the super liberal ones, and obviously in the Ninth Circuit, but if you were to ask someone that has no um, political standing, someone that has a uh, politically neutral they would say, yeah, um, it's going to, he's, everyone's saying, yeah, Trump's going to win this one. Um, the law's on his side, and um, I'm going to explain that a little bit after. The next one, the next uh, headline that I wanted to tell you is, a trip, the Trump administration is considered more trustworthy than the media in a recent poll conducted by Emerson College. 49% found administration truthful, while 48% did not. 53 found media to be dishonest, while only 39% found it to be honest. And that's the big problem we're heading towards, that we've been heading towards, is uh, the, notori- the notorious dishonesty the media faces in, amongst the normal citizens. Uh, most people do not trust the media. They understand. They slap their news. They understand um, the bias, the liberal bias in the news. And it's not something that's like conspiracy or anything, there is liberal bias. It's plain to see. Um, I guess not so plain to the liberals in charge of the media. Uh, there, there, um, there, there was an um, interview for a new press secretary. Uh, currently, the White House press secretary is Sean Spicer, but there's been rumors, and it's been confirmed by Carl Higby. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he's being interviewed for the new press secretary. Nothing... 
has came up as far as I know to this date, which is February 12th. But maybe we'll see something this week. Uh, the Trump administration plans to uh, release. They're, they're making. They're ruling over a new executive order regarding the travel ban. Um, some uh, experts and analysts say they're going to take the dual approach. They're going to take it to court, take it to the Supreme Court, while creating a new executive order at the same time. Uh, we'll see. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld federal judge ruling, and that's that's the topic today. There have been reports of North Korea test-firing missiles challenging the U.S. That came out yesterday. And President Trump hosted and played golf with Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in Florida. Um, a lot of uh, people confuse his uh, last name. It's spelled A-B-E, and a lot of Americans pronounce it Abe, but it is Abe. Okay, that's just the weekly bulletin for this week. Those are some things that happened. Uh, Of course, that's not everything that happened, but those are the ones that I found to be most interesting. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. Um, A lot of people I know, a lot of people and I've talked to don't really know what an appellate court is. Now, uh, when when people think of courts, they think of the trial courts. Uh, Trial courts are uh, basically where where the case starts. In the trial courts, and this is coming from um, the government site, courts in gov, uh, in dot gov. Um, so a trial court presents both sides of evidence. It come, they, have, they, they show witnesses, they show exhibits, items, documents, whatever they want. You know, the, do, the documents and items can consist of pictures, um, you know, weapons, clothes, Anything really, uh, but the appellate in the appellate court, there is no witnesses, no evidence. What what they're basically trying to do in the appellate court, they're not trying to persuade the judge, like to go in favor of whatever side, the plaintiff or the defendant. They're trying the judges, and that's another difference. In the tri in the trial courts, there's only one judge, but in the appellate uh, courts, there's three judges, and what they're trying to do is. The judges are trying to see whether the law was applied correctly and fairly. They're not really trying to convince the judges. They're just try- the judges are just trying to figure out if the um, law was applied correctly. And that's in the appellate courts. So that's where this, that's where the, um, the, so it went from a trial court. The federal judge um, ruled that the, um, it was unconstitutional, whatever. He didn't like it. So he made a temporary restraining order. The uh, Department of Justice Appealed it and went to the appellate court, Ninth Circuit appellate court, and the appellate court w- upheld the uh, federal judge's ruling, and now it can go to the Supreme Court, and that's something interesting about the Ninth Court of Appeals, and I have it right here. It's from Politifact, Politifact.com. Um, it says Hannity. A lot of people are saying the Ninth Circuit is the most overturned court in the country, and overturned meaning. That a lot of the um, rulings they have, once it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court overrules it, says uh, they were wrong. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Not overrules, overturns it, says it was wrong. But that's not true. Um, they they do have a high level of uh, overturning. Their overturn rate is 79%. 79%. Almost 80%. Basically 80%. Um, the highest circuit in the country overturn rate is... Uh, Sixth Circuit, they have an 87% overturn rate. So the Ninth Circuit, 
overturn rate is uncommonly high, but it's no means the highest. So just wanted to clear that up. It's still very high as an 80% overturn rate. So um, I think out of 10 of its cases, eight of them, obviously it's 80%, eight of them went overturned at the Supreme Court. So now uh, a circuit court is, uh, like I said, they're below the Supreme Court. If, if Like I said, if the trial court, it starts at the trial court. So if they don't like it, they could go to the appeals court. They could appeal it. And um, the, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is notorious for being very liberal. So a lot of people were not surprised with the ruling, how they ruled in, uh, they upheld the federal judge's ruling. It's notorious for being liberal. It's notorious, like I said, it has a very pretty high overturn rate. So there was nothing uh, really surprising. It wasn't very shocking. It wasn't something to, you know, it wasn't very, like I said, very surprising. The next thing I wanted to show you from the Wall Street Journal, Journal, and I don't agree with the ruling. I've did some reading on it, and here's why I don't agree with it, okay? So this is from the Wall Street Journal. The article is titled, The Ninth Circuit Ignores Precedent and Threatens National Security. And I'm just going to read a few paragraphs from it. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals violated both judicial precedent and the Constitution's separation of powers in its ruling against President Trump's executive order on immigration. If the ruling stands, it will pose a danger to national security. Under normal rules of standing, the states of Washington and Minnesota should never have been allowed to bring this suit. All litigants, including states, must meet fundamental standing requirements. And the requirements are an injury to a legally protected interest caused by the challenge action that can be remedied by a federal court acting within its constitutional power. This suit fails on every count. The plaintiff states assert that their public universities are injured because the order affects travel by foreign students and faculty. But that claim involves no legally protective interest. Yeah, so there's... The article goes on to say, if you read that, it's saying the plaintiff states assert that the public universities are injured because the order affects travel by certain foreign students. Now, that's like saying if a university... If a university says, okay, I'm going to accept non-citizens from Iran, Saudi Arabia, anywhere in the world. They're not citizens and they have no, you know, like, it doesn't, then, uh, first of all, refugees, uh, non-citizens, immigrants have no right to come to America. It's a privilege. So if they were to say, all right, I'm sponsoring you guys, um, you guys are going to come here and give me a scholarship, whatever, and then the U.S. says, no, they can, they're not coming here, you know, they're not citizens, you can't just come here. They have no right. They don't have a student visa. They have nothing. And that's, that's like the that's like the call just saying, well, you know, I don't. I don't well, then the, the, the immigration order, the, their um, immigration policies are not fair. And that's basically what they're saying. That's because they didn't let in some students. That it's horrible. They don't care about the rest of the Americans being safe. They just care about getting some students into college. Now it says, goes on to say, unadmitted aliens have no constitutional right to enter the United States. In hiring or admitting foreigners, universities were essentially gambling that these non-citizens can make it to America and be admitted. And that's exactly what, that's exactly the point I was thinking when I, 
when I was looking into this story, I was like, does it make sense? They're getting mad. They're not citizens to begin with, so why are they getting mad? I mean, they knew there's a chance they could not come. That's just my take on it. Um, it goes on to list some Supreme Court cases against it. And I have found one that was very interesting. And I have it right here. It is Knopf versus Shanessi, 1950 Supreme Court case. And what happened, here is what the basic gist of it. Uh, the alien wife of a citizen who had served honorably in the armed forces of the United States during World War II sought admission to the United States on the basis of confidential information, the disclosure of which, in his judgment, would endanger the public security. Their attorney general denied a hearing, found that her admission would be prejudicial to the interests of the United States and ordered her excluded. And it says, this action was authorized by the Act of June 21st, 1941, and the proclamations and regulations issued there under notwithstanding the War Brides Act of December 28, 1945. And here's what they say. The admissions of aliens to this country is not a right, but a privilege, which is granted only upon such terms as the United States prescribes. The Act of June 21st, 1941 did not unconstitutionally delegate legislative, legislative power to prescribe the con conditions under which aliens should be excluded. It is not within the province of any court, unless expressly authorized by law, to review the determination of the political branch of government to exclude a given alien. And a lot of people are um, citing this Supreme Court case to uh, an argument in favor of the executive order of Trump. And I agree. I think it uh, says it in clear writing right here. The admissions of aliens to this country is not a right, but a privilege, which is granted only upon such terms as the United States prescribes. And um, I have a U.S. code right here. U.S. code that says right here. Let me find it for you guys. Here it is. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation, and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants, or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. Any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. So it's not within the court's right to tell the president how he's going to go about this. Not this how he's going to go about excluding aliens he finds dangerous, detrimental to the interests of the United States. It's not their right. It's his right. And uh, what they're playing is a political game. They're trying to determine... See, that, that, the, the point of this wasn't to determine if what he was doing was morally correct. That's not that's not the way the law works. The way the law works is he was they were supposed to see if the law is being applied correctly. And it obviously was. So that's why a lot of the conservatives, a lot of people, a lot of the people are very, 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 very it's basically this executive order basically uh is divisive. It, uh, it split the country in half. And a lot of the people in favor of it are not they're not really worried. The Democrats, the liberals, believe they have a. They want a huge battle. They want the war, 
In reality, they did not. They just accidentally shot someone in the foot. That's how it related to war, right? Um, they didn't really win anything. They're not worried because they know the law is going to have Trump win eventually. Even uh, people for against Trump realize, yeah, like it's the law is the law, and it's gonna once it goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to be overturned. Just by this U.S. code right here, they could see U.S. code inadmissible aliens. They will see, and then remember um. The the order was covering seven countries: Somalia, Yemen, Iraq, Syria, Iran, Libya, and Sudan. And there's a new study out, and I'm getting this from the Center for Immigration Studies. dot org. And it says right here, a review of information compiled by a Senate committee in 2016 reveals that 72 individuals from the seven countries covered in President Trump's vetting executive order. Have been convicted in terror cases, terror cases since 9/11 attacks. So yes, some of the set of, of the seven countries coming in, all of them have at least had um, have at least admitted terrorists from. There's been at least one terrorist from each of those seven countries since 9/11. And it goes on to say, Somalia has uh, the United States has admitted. Uh, 20 terrorists from Somalia, 19 terrorists from Yemen, 19 terrorists from Iraq, 7 terrorists from Syria, 4 terrorists from Iran, 2 terrorists from Libya, and 1 terrorist from Sudan, totaling 72 terrorists from those 7 different countries. And the reason why this is uh, making some news is because well, first of all, the, the the terrorists lived in 16 different states. Ten lived in New York. Eight lived in Minnesota. Eight lived in California. Six lived in Michigan. And the reason why this was um, making news is because some of the the, the, re the um, argument against the travel ban was that there was no evidence supporting that these countries invited terrorism. They had terrorism. And it says right here, these facts stand in stark contrast to the assertions by the Ninth Circuit Court judges who have blocked the president's order on the basis that there is no evidence showing a risk to the United States in allowing aliens from these seven terror-associated countries to come in. And obviously there's some, like it says, contrasting information. And like I said, this is from the Center for Immigration Studies. And the title is, Study Reveals 72 Terrorists Came from Countries Covered by Trump Betting Order. So if you guys want to give that a look. And that's that's why I um, firmly believe that this will be overturned. This specific executive order will be overturned. Or the Trump administration will release a new executive order regarding the same thing. That will be, uh, I guess you could say, uh, have tighter have tighter writing. Won't have as many uh, loopholes. Won't have as many uh, very vague writing and assertions and statements like many people said this one had but uh we'll see we'll see they're t I, I believe they're i believe i heard that they're taking the dual approach they're going to be writing a new executive order they're mulling over it right now and they're going to uh be uh challenging it in the supreme court i hope they do challenge it in the supreme court there'll be an interesting case to read about hear the opinions of the different 
uh, Supreme Court judge, uh, um, justices, and um, hopefully uh, Gorsuch will be in there by now because people are anticipating that it will be a 4-4 to tie, and that will mean the, um, the ruling st- uh, stayed. But if Gorsuch goes in there, some people believe he will make it 5-4 to in favor of the, the ban. It's not a ban. I just say it in quotes. In favor of the ban. Executive order. Um, so that will be interesting to see. So that's something that has been over the news the whole weekend. At the whole week. Before the appellate court announced that it was up, upholding the ruling, it's been in the it's it was people were anticipating it for like two three days. I know I was, and then this whole weekend, it's just been about how it's how what they did was ridiculous, how it was political, and a lot of well, obviously the liberals are celebrating. Um, they think that um, it was right. They uh, there was an article that I read where. The Ninth Circuit, I believe it went alongside like this, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals gives hope to America or something like that. And you you, you look down at the comments and it was nothing but, are you, you're an idiot, this is ridiculous, don't you read the law, don't you know any of these, these codes? And it's, I mean, with the whole article, from what I've noticed, I'm not, this is, there is of course exceptions, but I'm not saying everyone's like this. Every article I read was like this, but all the ones in disagreement and dissent of uh, the Trump executive order, they were just all political, emotionally driven articles, right? They're just saying how it's and um, how it's not moral, how it's wrong, and then you look at the ones that were pro Trump, and they were just, they were citing all these Supreme Court cases, they were um, citing all these laws of the Constitution, things like that. And I don't know, you could just tell the difference. You could just say, you could just see how the left just is just using these emotionally driven wording to just appeal to people so they feel bad for the immigrants. And that's something the left always does. They bring about these sob stories. I don't know if you guys saw the, I believe it was 84 Lumber commercial, I believe that was called, where these are, uh, I believe they're Mexican. I don't know if they're Mexican, but they're obviously Hispanic. A mom and a daughter trying to get into America, they go into a, a truck, they get dropped off the border, they see a giant wall, and then eventually there's a gate that opens, and they go in, and they see it, but you look at the comments, and what I saw was this a sob story, it was this propaganda trying to uh, just tell you, like, you know, well, all the immigrants are criminals, it's, it, they're just telling you, they're trying to get an image in your head for you to feel bad for the immigrants, and I, there is immigrants that, of course, are facing persecution. They are facing persecution. They are fa- they're having hard times. But in term in relating this to the executive order, I do not think that we should put our our own American citizens, our fellow American citizens, at risk for someone that's not an American citizen. To say that American citizens, to say that American conservatives, do not have any kind of uh, sympathy or moral dilemmas facing this is just wrong. I know a lot of uh, conservatives that feel bad for these immigrants are like, you know what, they are they are having a hard time, especially the Christian ones where they can relate because a lot most of the conservatives in um America are Christians, right? Um there's a study saying that and I'm sorry I don't have the citation, I don't have any of the I don't have the article name. But there's a study 
saying that religious activity, religious uh, devotion, how many hours you spend uh, at church, what kind of uh, religion you follow, what, what, what is your faith, is a better uh, f- determining factor of how you will vote, right? Whether you're going to vote left or right, or whether you're conservative or liberal, that's the, it's the most determining factor. It's, it's the best one to see how you will vote out of any factor, whether it's age, sex, um, socioeconomic status, anywhere where you grew up, what state, that's the best religion, is the best way to determine how someone's going to vote, it's the best way to guess, and, um, but relating this to the, the executive order, I know a lot of conservatives that feel bad, but they un- also understand we have to put our people first, I do not say anything wrong with the 90-day, three-month delay in the vetting, to, uh, to uh, increase our vetting uh, strictness, to uh, increase the process, to um, determine what, what are the right steps to take. That's my opinion. I don't feel anything is, I don't feel that was bad. Um, yes, he could have uh, worded it. Yes, he could have been more um, direct, more deliberate instead of being so vague. But um, I, I, do, I do believe, looking at the evidence, looking at the laws, looking at the Supreme Court cases, that law will be upheld, that the law will eventually be served, and it will not, and we will stop using such emotionally driven arguments and logic to determine the outcomes of cases like in this. You know, we're going to be more deliberate in our rulings, and that's my hope. The world... Uh, We'll see how the world, you know, the world is a different story. We'll see how it works. Okay. So that's, that's just something, you know, I went over the study. 72 terrorists came from countries covered by Trump betting order. And that's the reason why he chose those countries, people. Uh, first of all, they were, um, those countries were first chosen by the Obama administration. Um, for those of you that, uh, I'm sure you've heard of that, um, they were first chosen by the Obama administration. No one made a big deal. And then Trump does it. Everyone makes a big deal. Everyone's just going to make a big deal. The left is going to make a big deal. They're going to fight Trump on anything he makes. An executive order. Um, I hope you guys have been watching Sean Spicer and his daily briefings. They're very interesting to watch. They're, they're, uh, I guess they're fairly long. So they're, they range anywhere from 25, 30 minutes to like 45, 50 minutes. They're pretty interesting. I, I really enjoy them. I usually watch them at night before I go to bed. Put them on my laptop right here. Um, keep up with that. Keep up with the White House dot White House YouTube channel. They show they they um they release all the um the Sean Spicer the uh, daily briefings. They release uh, Trump's weekly briefings. Those are pretty good too. Just they're, those are short. They're they're under five minutes. Five minutes or less. So those are good. Um, keep up with the news. Like I said, if you guys want to see what I'm looking at, my favorite websites to go to are politi- politics1.com, and that's a website that I was uh, referred to by one of my old political science teachers in, at my school. I also look at Real Clear Politics. Um, they give different articles from different perspectives, some being liberal, some being conservative, some being neutral, and I think it's really cool. I think it's cool to, um, instead of um, perpetrating this confirmation bias that a lot of people conform to, I think it's uh, good to go to a website that shows you different 
perspectives because you can't really understand the full argument. You can't really understand the full issue unless you look at both sides. Because we all know hearing from one side, being surrounded by one side of the argument just leads to extremism. It just leads to you having a stronger view in something when it's necessary. Sometimes it's not necessarily correct, you know. For example, if you get a bunch of, let's just say, neo-Nazis in the same room, they all believe the same thing. You think any of them are going to come out of that room after an hour with the with the beliefs, with less beliefs in what they're going to do? No, they're all going to come out with even stronger beliefs. They're all gonna, it, it leads to extremism, which I'm, what I'm saying. So I really like real clear politics. I look at CFR.org. Council on Foreign Relations that gives you gives me some good articles on um, foreign policy regarding the United States and even regarding any country. They have a you can look at any country's foreign policies and what's happening in the world. And I I always I always check up on the WhiteHouse.gov for anything they have to release. And um, that's going to be it for today, guys. I hope um, you guys enjoyed it. I I showed some Supreme Court cases. I showed you some uh, some studies, some facts, and um, I hope you guys are paying attention to the news. It's very important, but that's going to be it for today, guys. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this Millennial Wake Up Call, episode number seven. My name is Andrew, and I'll see you guys next week. Have a good day. Have a good week.